Lesbian speaking. Lesbian speaking. Lesbian speaking. Lesbian speaking may contain adult content and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, it's Lee with Lesbian Speaking. Before we get into the podcast, I want to thank everyone for your patience. I did take a bit of a hiatus. I went out of town on vacation. I came back. I got sick. I adopted a dog. He got sick. He got my little Sita sick. Miha still hasn't been sick. Cross my fingers on that one. But Jasper has been acclimating and becoming a part of our little family here. So he's been just a joy to have around. On today's episode, I have my friend Chris Sub Daily from TikTok. He also has a podcast himself, Unfiltered Friends. I just feel like he's somebody that I can resonate with on things that he feels and ways that he sees the world, and I'm learning a lot from him as well. But before we get into that, I do need to do a little bit of business. I know I have to pay the bills. Crazy talk, adulting, right? First off, I would like to thank my Patreon supporters and the new supporters we have, Casey and Heidi. Thank you so much. It helps big time. And anyone else who can and able and willing to go to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash lesbian speaking. I appreciate anything you could do to help out and keep this podcast going. I do also want to tell you about a couple of cashback opportunities that I have for you. First one is Rakuten. You probably see me throwing some ads out there for it. This is an app I've been using for years. I get my cash back on all of my online purchases. I just go through this app, go to the site and make my purchase and boom, every quarter I get money back. Sign up, get your additional cash back on your first purchase. If you use my link in my link tree, I will also have different kinds of links down in this episode, so you can go and follow that. The other cashback deal I have for you is Ibotta. I will have links for that as well. Now, this app takes the place of your normal coupons. So what you do is you go through the app before you go to the store, select the items that you're going to purchase, and it tells you what money back you're going to get. You go and you make your purchase, you come home, you scan your receipt, you get your money back. And... Of course, on your first purchases, I'm going to give you an additional bonus if you sign up through my link. Go and check out everything I have set up on my link tree for you guys. These are amazing deals. And these are, I'm telling you, these are sites, apps I have been using for years myself. And now I'm going to let you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Lesbian Speaking Podcast. I have today my friend Chris from TikTok, aka Sup Daily. Hello. Hello. And you also, not just TikTok, but you span across different social medias and you've been doing Mm -hmm. this for a while. Yeah. um, September would be 16 years of creating content online. So when I signed up for YouTube, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a private place to store videos. So my 16 year now career started with an 11 second video of me and my dad doing dance dance revolution at an arcade that I wanted my MySpace page to see. And then once I started getting comments, I was like, who, who are these people? Like, how are they finding me? And then now it's, yeah, it's been my full-time job for almost 12 years now. Wow. See, that sounds like me and getting on TikTok. Although I knew it would be a public format. I, I, also, in the back of my head, I'm like, 10 people are going to see this. 
10 people. And initially that's, that's usually true. And that's why I tell people not to stress over when you start or how you start because in the beginning, no one's watching. Right. Exactly. And you, we hooked up. Um, I had a friend who had tagged me in a video that you did stating Mm -hmm. that you wanted to have more fun content again. And mix with more fun creators because it was becoming less quote fun for you. Yeah. yeah. That was partially because of me. Um, I do, uh, I built a lot of my platform on kind of going after people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that is a very easy way to get views and attention yes. for yourself. Yes. And it's not that I didn't believe in what I was saying, but, um, it did create a kind of toxic environment for myself, you know, mm-hmm. with the creators that I became friends with who were doing the same thing and with TikTok thinking that's what my interests were. So um, I had to own my part of that. And once I started to like do a bit more therapy and realize my reasons behind it, I, I really, now my for you page is so weird, yes. <laughs> which, I, which I very much enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I know I have to go through and I have to switch up my for you page because people will send me things, which is great. Send me things. But then when you view it, then your for you says, oh, you want to see more of this? I'm like, no, they just sent it to me. I don't want to see more. It, of it. It's like obsessively just crammed down your throat the second you click on one thing. I was like, oh. but yeah. I get it. Like, that's how they keep people engaged with the platform. That's every single platform you can think of. So mm-hmm. it's the norm pretty much. It is. It is. This is the first um, platform that I've been on religiously where each day I go in and interact and do things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's interesting to see how the algorithms work, but it's also interesting to see how the comments work. Now, the comments mm-hmm. meaning where people come in and they will just blatantly say things that mm-hmm. you would never say to somebody on the street. Yeah, it, it's it's a little weird to me. Um which yeah. is, yeah, I roll. <laughs> I, the, the assumptions that people make, and this is the conversation that I wanted to have with you, is um, people see a small snippet of you and mm-hmm. have decided off of that small snippet who and what you are as a person. Yes. And it's unfortunate because we have this whole whole library of media that we've created that you can go and see more of us if you want to that's not based upon this little 11 second snippet and Mm -hmm. I think that something that I've seen you evolving into greatly since I've been following you and speaking towards the work and the therapy that you're doing speaking of that um, is that you do get a lot of comments for assumption um, about the kind of person that you are right Uh, some of them good assumptions, some of them not so good assumptions. Um, you know, the ones that I have a problem with is where people say that you're, you're the type of person that would be gaslighting or things like that. I'm like, Whoa. I don't even think like I I had a, I had a different perspective on a video that I saw. And when I disagreed with the person, they said I was gaslighting them. Right. And as someone who went to therapy to kind of combat the damage that comes from gaslighting, I kind of take offense to that. It's throwing that word Mm -hmm. around so freely. Disagreements is not gaslighting. And I think this is the danger of insulating yourself with one mindset and thinking it's superior above all is you never get a chance to have a diversity of ideas or grow. So of course, when you hear something outside of it, that's shocking. 
and they'll say gaslighting and it's supposed to shut down the interaction. This is not someone who wants to have interaction. They want to speak and say whatever they can to get you to be quiet. Right. And uh, it's super toxic and they, it does, and I don't even engage with it anymore. Like, okay, fine. You think I'm gaslighting. Cause ultimately I don't know that person. Mm-hmm. They obviously don't know the definition. I see the same thing with toxic masculinity. Yes. Toxic masculinity is not men being toxic. It's the pressure on men to act a certain way to be considered masculine. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that the people who threw around these very serious terms respected the gravity of those words. Yes. Yes. I actually have made content myself in regards to that, Um, Mm -hmm. that we're we're so much using these um, key terms um, as slogans and that they shouldn't be slogans. These are things that people are really deeply affected by. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to just blatantly say somebody that is gaslighting when that they are trying to skew your reality, they're just trying to tell you their reality is a very different situation. So yeah. I myself take offense to it because I've had um, in my past people who were saying, well, you're doing this, you're doing that. I'm like, no, I'm having a discussion with you. <laughs> Yeah, it's so hard to have those. And like, I'm somebody who has had really tough discussions the majority of my career. And um, it just seems like there's a major breakdown in the capacity for people to have them without feeling personally attacked. They only want to hear who agrees with them. But Usually I'll even admit like my perspective, there's no way it's a hundred percent truth in Mm -hmm. almost all cases because we have our perspective and the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And the only way you get there is by through talking to the person on the other side. Right. You know, so when I was, um, when I was back, back when I was doing YouTube stuff, majority of my content was advocacy in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. I, I saw prop eight pass in California and I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And I was like, this is, this is garbage. And I spoke my mind on it and I elevated voices in that community as well. But then I also sat and talked to people who were kind of bigoted and, and homophobic. Mm-hmm. And it's, that wasn't me advocating their behavior. That was me trying to understand them, but also disrupt their thought process long enough for new information to get in there. Right. Because ignorance is just a lack of information. So now they can no longer claim that ignorance, but you get attacked for reaching across the aisle. So to speak, I wasn't Mm -hmm. trying, I knew I wasn't going to agree with their perspective on things at its core, but I wanted to understand how they got there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to understand where they were coming from. And then I wanted to exchange information, but it seems like now people just want to change the way that you think. Right. And if someone's trying to tell you how to think, I don't care who you are, you're going to be immediately resistant to that. So is the is the purpose to submit someone to your will or to make a difference? You know? Right. Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And and then there's the flip side where you're having those kind of conversations and you're trying to say, okay, let's 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 do to this and and you're met with the resistance of um you're not hearing me, you're not understanding me, and it's this battle in between that you get to and trying to get two people to conform and talk to that. But there was a, um, a creator on TikTok recently, a lesbian creator who was asking men, what, what is it that you have against butch lesbians, Mm. masculine lesbians? Yeah. I I actually had an interaction with them in the comment section. I was really proud of how they handled that. Yes. Yes. And anybody who came through and gave a very honest answer 
and it was great. It's great to have that open dialogue. And, and for, I got angry at the people who are attacking the people who are honestly answering the question, because mm. this is how you make a conversation happen. This is how you understand each other. And yeah. if, if you understand it's when I was in the military, I was stationed with a sergeant who didn't like lesbians because he said that his wife had been attacked by lesbians. So he assumed that all lesbians were like that. And when you find out the history that somebody has something stuck in their mind that everybody's like that, and they're like, okay, wait. So if I was attacked by a white man, that means I hate all white men. Is that how it works? (laughs) That is how it currently works. Yes, for a lot of people. And that's why I appreciated their video so much because they admitted that the the reason they felt this way was because of a handful of experiences that validated Mm -hmm. that. Right. Something I learned from going to therapy and learning about cognitive dissonance and what what you're describing is black and white thinking or catastrophizing. And it comes from a real place. And I always want to give respect to that. But you'll never have a different experience if that is how you choose to categorize people. I've had these experiences. Therefore, they're all like this. And that's a way to protect yourself but it's also from from bad things. It's also a way to protect yourself from the possibility of of good because you put rose colored glasses on, the world looks pink. Right. But is the world pink? No. It's just the lens that you look through. So I try to be understanding, mm-hmm. but I'm also like constantly <laughs> criticized and under attack for a lot of times just existing or having a viewpoint that's different. Right. And that's uh that's unfortunate. Now, since you've been in social media for so long, have you seen this escalating or has it been there previously? Did you get these kind of attacks? I shouldn't say attacks. These kind of comments or discussions happening on YouTube as well? Um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely elements of this back when I was doing YouTube stuff, but TikTok is just a whole other ball game. I've been on every platform you can imagine, even some that don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen the the level of vitriol coming out of an app. As, and that's, that includes Twitter, which is saying quite a bit. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> um, I haven't seen it quite this bad. And, and some people call it accountability, um, and sometimes it is sometimes like, but I think what happens is it, when it all gets categorized is that then it, again, kind of like mis misusing gaslight and stuff like that, it kind of starts to lose meaning after a while yes. you know, because no actual change happens. It's just, we all dogpiled on someone that we don't agree with. Right. And that mob stuff never really leads to a safer environment for anybody. Right. I, and I it think also people seems say to that, have, but I don't see it though. No, I, I feel like they also, the, the mob will follow whoever is most popular too. So it's not yeah. just about, you know, what I feel is right or wrong. This person has more followers, has more likes, has more this. So we must listen to them. Right. Mm, and I think it depends on who it is. Yes. Okay. True. The, the concept of punching up is okay. Right. So they wouldn't, mob a large creator if they were part of a group that was oppressed okay for the most part unless they're a bigoted person like right unless they're like they're truly hateful but it's just like people are rewarded for punching up yes. um, as long as they're looked at it perceived to be in a position of power mm-hmm. um it's okay to go after them no matter what and it's just um 
Yeah, it doesn't go. <laughs> it's tough. I like even this conversation makes me nervous because right. everything can get taken out of context. And my uh, intent behind these discussions is always pure and right. uh, for uh, for the hope of connection. Mm-hmm. But you can't help how other people interpret that and large groups of people who haven't worked on themselves or are still dealing with a lot of trauma and pain right. can be a really powerful thing. Yes. Yes. And I think that's something that you've been um, leaning more towards in your discussion is talking about people who are working through your pain and your trauma is mm-hmm. being very open about the things that you're going through. And that's something that I've done as well. This past year has been very open about things that I'm going through, the therapy that I've been doing, the work that I've been doing to better myself. And um, I got, I got a lot of great followers off of it. And I found that my bad comments have gotten down um, as a result Mm -hmm. of me being more human. Um, We'll put it that way. Have you seen where your uh, trending followers and comments and such where it did make a shift for you in being more open? No, Um, no, no, because I I built a lot of following off of off of drama or Mm. um, so when I was doing therapy, uh, the EMDR therapy, you know, you identify your negative, like your negative core belief. And mine Mm -hmm. was worthiness. I didn't feel like I was worthy of much. So a lot of my content, while I did believe in what I was saying, was also a way to get acceptance from people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that I didn't connect with a lot of men um, Mm -hmm. who are, who are similar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of, so I was trying to find ways to connect with other groups um, and I, fa- I thought that in order for me to be accepted by those groups, I had to basically um, do things to make them like me. Right. You know, I, I, I get it. I am a cis, white, straight male. Like, I get it. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people like me who have done awful things, and I stand vehemently against those things. But I still get judged by those people. So I was, like, trying to build an audience but I was also trying to get people to, I wanted to feel loved and accepted like anybody else. So I was maybe doing things that were a bit out of alignment for me. And so I had built an audience basically where not all of them, but a handful of them only accepted me as long as I validated the way that they looked at the world. Okay. And so now that I have stepped back from that, um, it's a more peaceful existence, but people will find a problem (laughs) regardless. So I try to, I try to find as much nuance. That's why I love doing the podcast stuff because it allows for that expansive conversation for context. Right. Um, But ultimately people who don't want to hear you won't. It's true. It's true. When you have a message that they they just swipe and don't, yeah. I mean, you, you and me alike, I'm sure there's people who watch our content and no matter what our, intent is behind that content, they will look at you and not like that it's coming from you. Yes. Someone else could give yes. the exact same video with a different result. And that's because they're judging external things that you have yep. no control over. Yep. So. Yeah. I, I had one um, where really, and it was odd that it bothered me. Um, but I had one that said that I am not poly. One of those trends, things about me, I don't date poly. I am monogamous. Right. Mm-hmm. And the poly community came after me. Why are you speaking against poly people? I'm like, I wasn't. I said, 
I'm monogamous. <laughs> That's not speaking out against people. Right. I was shocked to see that I had multiple comments coming on there saying you're hating against poly people. And no. And that's why it's bit. important to know your own truth. Like yes. I had some backlash recently and I looked at the comments and I was like, well, I still stand by what I said. And mm -hmm. then I went and I talked to people who truly know me and had looked at the content that was made about me. I was like, do you see any truth in what these people are saying or something that I need to work on within myself or uh, mm -hmm. some mark that I missed? And the people who I talk to are not yes people. They will call <laughs> They call mm -hmm. me out more than anybody. And they're like, no. And I was just like, okay, I stand by what I said. Some people had a problem with it. That's a them problem. And you right. just move on because those people right. are going to have a, those people. And I know this because I used to be one of these people mm. where I was making content where I had to go after people. So I was perpetually looking for someone to have a problem with. Okay. Because that's how I maintained my audience and my credibility and how I would grow. Right. But you, you, I've always said, like, you go looking for a problem, you'll find one, whether it's there or not. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's it's been an interesting transition. I'm still kind of in the process of it. I'm working with a coach trying to figure out, like, what actually aligns with me and what I want to do. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm going to I'm going to get into some trouble here and there because I built an audience off a certain thing and they may not have changed, but I have. And right. they don't know that. So it's confusing. And I get that to a point. With that, saying that you've built the audience, you've changed that, you've uh, talked about where you were um, an LGBTQIA advocate, uh, you mm -hmm. did that work, you did a lot of your um, earlier interviews and such in regards to that work, and now you have this platform that you went from drama to now a more focus on speaking about your feelings and, and such. Growth. Yeah. growth, your personal growth. Mm -hmm. So with all those steps, a lot of people make assumptions and mm -hmm. I see it in your comments all the time Yep. where they're like, Oh, this guy, he must be gay. He must be bi. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing that's so problematic about it. And mm -hmm. I don't think that the people who are, it's 95% of the time women. Yes. Who are saying it. And a lot of the times the reason that they're saying it is because they don't like what I'm talking about. So mm -hmm. they're using gay as an insult. But why don't they like what you're talking about? Because they're, they're probably not used to people challenging their perspectives. Or, I'm never telling them that they're wrong mm -hmm. unless I, unless I 100% feel that they are. I'm not, but I'm just saying, I, I don't agree with the way that you are treating me, the way that you are treating other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ran into that a lot when I was dating too. Um, I didn't feel as a man, I was allowed to say no. Right. If it came to sex. Mm -hmm. And I'm somebody who has, who is a survivor of mm -hmm. rape from a woman, mm -hmm. multiple, like at least eight different times I've been sexually assaulted mm -hmm. by a woman. Mm -hmm. And so like I have that trauma. And then I would find that if I rejected a woman sexually, that was always the first thing that they would say, oh, you must be gay. Mm. And it's, it's as someone who's done so much work in that community and like friends with just friends with so many people in that community, it's disgusting. It's yeah. absolutely abhorrent. And I don't understand some of these people who claim to be so woke mm -hmm. when they, when they feel slighted, they're going to 
call my sexuality into question. Right. It's, 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 it's awful. It's using gay as a slur. And I yes. thought we were further along mm -hmm. at this point. But once again, as long as you're perceived as punching up, it doesn't matter what you say. It does to me, true. but not to them. It, that is, that is very true. They think that they're punching up because they're speaking towards a white man. Yeah. So that ultimately means I can say whatever I want to, to them. I think it's, um, for me, I would think that we're further along than to say a man has to behave this way and a woman has to behave this way. Yes. And, and, and I think that's what they're, they're looking at him and seeing a sensitive man and only gay men can be sensitive men not a heterosexual. This is not a heteronormative whatsoever. And that is toxic masculinity. Yes. And yes. that is not, and that is toxic masculinity that I'm experiencing at the hands of women. Mm -hmm. And I experience way more at the hands of women. And I'm not trying to criticize the entire gender, mm -hmm. but there is a trend here. And I don't understand why there isn't more outcry over it. Right. It's because right. it's gross. It's, it's harmful. Imagine mm -hmm. like, cause I grew up when I grew up, I was, I mean, I'll just, I was, I was homophobic, mm -hmm. not in a, I hate gay people kind of way, but I was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because I literally had it bashed into my brain. Cause I got beat up for being gay because yeah. I did musical theater. So I had the F slur thrown at me while I was getting punched in the face. So I thought gay was like the worst thing that you could be until I got exposed to someone who was securely within themselves. And it allowed me to challenge my bias. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to become an advocate. But if you only insulate yourself with one idea, you'll never get that experience. Right. Yeah, and I, I absolutely resonate to that because as being a more mass-presenting lesbian, I get a lot of assumptions about the person that I'm supposed to be. So, Like what? I, uh, well, so I I should be the one who does all the work around the house as far who's as building. The, who's the man of the relationship? Who's the man of the relationship? Uh, uh, uh -huh. I hate that. Yes. It's just like none of us, uh -huh. neither of us are the man. <laughs> so here's what's crazy is it, women that I date will do this, but... There, there's a shift that's happening in society where women are coming out of straight, quote, straight marriages and now dating women. And I'm finding that when they're coming out of these marriages and dating me, um, that they have an assumption that I will behave like their husband did because I'm mass presenting, which sounds really weird, right? That's sounds really leap. weird. Yeah. But I've had, um, I've had someone that I was with. And we were in a committed relationship and she would say things like, why are you crying about that? You shouldn't be crying about that. I'm like, Ooh. but I'm a woman too. <laughs> I have feelings too. But it, even having feelings doesn't have to be with, do with being a woman as I'm an emotional person. Yes. And I should be okay with that. I should be okay with being sad about things. I should be okay with being happy about things. I should be okay with expressing that without you saying, but you're supposed to be the mass presenting one. So you should do that. What is supposed to be, what, it, what is supposed to be, right? you know, like, and that's, and, and that's where like some people don't realize that they are upholding toxic, uh, toxic mm -hmm. masculinity and patriarchal ideas. Yes. You know, I have a theory about this that, that I actually talked to my therapist about. So I did that Myers-Briggs test or whatever mm -hmm. with him and it, 
he doesn't use it as science, but he uses it as a guide. Right. And because um, I'm INFJ, which is common in, I guess, about 1% of men. <laughs> so I'm an oddball. And so when I, I scored 75% on feeling, and one thing he explained to me is when you when you're outside of the norm like that, which a lot of men don't score that high on feeling, right. um, when you encounter someone who is also feeling, sometimes they'll think that you're occupying a space that is meant for them. Right. Okay. And that's why they react that way. Okay. Like, this is just not a good match for you or their attitude is not a good match for you or both, you know? Right. But like, I, I, I feel you. I can't help that. I, I feel deeply and I, talk about my feelings and it has been such a <laughs> a hindrance in dating it's so anti what i hear what i mm -hmm. hear and what i see don't seem don't seem to match for some reason right. right and i think i think a lot of us a lot of us a lot of what you and i have in common too is the abuse that we went through when we were younger mm -hmm. by the hands of a female so yes and i think uh, there's a lot of that where you talk about that and i'm like i feel that with this guy i feel that with this guy and i feel very connected to you because of those things and i have a hard time understanding myself as being a gay woman why would not a straight woman run towards somebody like you because the the feelings that you have the attitude that you have the understanding that you have is rare as you said the one percent right yeah um and and all of these women talk about, and you see these movies where there's this big romantic idea on the perfect guy, right? And he's going to be in touch with his feelings and all this kind of stuff. But then when you're faced with the reality of it, what happens? Where does it go? Because it's a cute idea until you realize that you have to participate in the emotional availability as well. There we go. You know, uh, if I'm vulnerable in order for it to be a healthy connection, you should also be vulnerable with me. And if you don't have the capacity for that, then here I am just doing this performative thing for you while you leave me in the dark. And because I value myself more than that, mm -hmm. I say, hey, you can either show up as as well or or this isn't going to work for me. It's a lot of people expecting this healed version of me so they feel safe while they don't work on themselves. And I don't know who told them that that's, that's a good thing. Uh, and maybe they'll find someone who thinks it is. Uh, I'm just not that person. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's so to, to be so self aware of all that in itself um, mm -hmm. is huge. Do you think that the time that you've spent in the public eye has led you to this journey to learn all of this about yourself? I have a I have such an appetite to understand people, including myself. Yeah. Um, what led me to therapy was a relationship. Um, it wasn't a particularly like long relationship, and that's why it led me to therapy. I was like, why am I so attached to this person? But we weren't together for that long. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't make sense, and that's what led me to therapy and me sharing that journey was more so to normalize it, especially for men to go to therapy, but for anyone to go to therapy, you know, like mm -hmm. I wanted people to see that, you know, you can make progress with this. And I just got to a point where I was outside of my capacity to view myself. So that's why you bring other people in. And I was finding that with um, a lot of my friends, they, they just didn't have the capacity to, 
to do that with me. So mm-hmm. I went and sought, sought help um, to, because there's always accountability within yourself for what happened. And that's what I'm seeing lacking majorly is mm-hmm. no one is willing to point the finger at themselves first and say, what have I contributed to this? Because right. it sounds like victim blaming, but it's not. It You can't control what the other person is doing. You can control your reaction. You can control your investment mm-hmm. if you understand what's going on. Right. And so I am accountable to my, that's why when, you know, when people go after me, the first thing I do is investigate to see if there's truth there, because right. if it's something that I need to adjust within myself, it's an ignorant perspective within me. then mm-hmm. I want to work on that. Right. Um, it takes a lot of inner work and shadow work and it's, Right. It's exhausting sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you say accountable. I um I had been with someone who would consistently say that I wasn't holding myself accountable for my actions, which was um a very loose way of saying I wasn't doing things to make her happy when I, when she was upset. But because yeah. you know, I, I I could make apologies, I could go to therapy and work on it, I could do and it still wasn't being accountable, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you see that um, getting into the catchphrase? Because I felt like it just became a catchphrase in a relationship and I got sick of hearing it, honestly. Yeah. Do you feel that on TikTok as well, where you see those trends where people are like, almost with cancel culture, um, accountability, accountability, but what does it look like, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you you 100% already understand the answer to that question because you see it, you know. I see uh, I see phrases. I see people attached to phrases and then other people just parrot that, like toxic masculinity, like mm. the bare minimum, all these things. It's like there's waves of different phrases, but no one actually gets to the core of what exactly it, it means. Mm-hmm. Um in order for you to demand accountability from other people, you also have to be willing to be accountable for your actions. Right. You know, and that's, that's what I say. It's like, I expect you to own everything that hurt me, but I refuse to listen to how my words affected you because my feelings are more important. Right. And I just don't, I just don't connect with that because that's not someone who wants to actually have a healthy connection. That's someone who wants to control the connection that you already have so that it, so that it suits them. Um, That's just someone letting you know, I care more about how I feel than how you feel. I want to win as a me, not a we. And Mm -hmm. that's just not a healthy connection. So when we translate that over to things that I've seen on TikTok. So there was this creator became a big creator, instant hit comedy. Unbelievable. That would mm-hmm. do these skits was just so funny. Um, made a skit, not understanding the language that she was using. Mm-hmm. And um, because she comes from the, she comes from a religious background. She's, you know, newly out as gay And, you know, all this stuff, she didn't learn the history, the terminology. She didn't have the knowledge. And people came at her to a point where she went off the app for a while. And I, I was so upset at that. Um, I even was one that spoke out publicly about it and was like, guys, we can't do this. We have to teach each other. So in in that, do you ever get, um, you know, those kind of moments, those comments where people come at you, you're like, I just want to shut it down. 
I want to walk away from it. Or do you, are you able to say, you know what, these are strangers on the internet. They don't understand me. They don't know me. Where, where in the line does that fall for you? Yeah, I, I would say for the first like couple years, I, man, I needed other people to tell me I was a good person to feel I was a good person. Um, and now I will always listen. I mean, I, ha I literally have listen tattooed on my chest right here. Like, it's, a, <laughs> it's an important aspect of my life and a lesson yeah. from from my family. Um, but you have to know your own truth first. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to value your own thought because nobody knows you more than you do. So you have to consult yourself. You have to consult people who know you. And then you have to ask yourself, is this true? Do I see validity in this? And then that's where you go from that. You know, um, I've recently had a bunch of people make videos about me. I didn't watch any of those videos. I had other people go because I'm sensitive and it will hurt my feelings okay. <laughs> and it wasn't going to be productive. And I was like, is there anything productive that these people are saying anything that I can take away from this? So I was like, no, they're just attacking you as a person. And I go, cool. And I move on because these people don't know me. Yeah. Why am I? It's like a random person walking by me on the street telling me I'm a garbage human. What does that person know? I've never met them. And I just kind of treat. Plus, there's a lot of people who do it just for the sake of attention for themselves. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know all that stuff and I'm not interested enough to invest that much energy in figuring it out. I just mm -hmm. let them because their outrage also lasts about a week because they don't right. actually care. A lot of people just want to grab attention for themselves and they don't mm -hmm. actually leave that room for growth like you're talking about where like at some point we're going to have to figure out how to talk to each other. Right. We're never going to come to an understanding. It's just like. It's your truth or my truth, or is it somewhere in the middle and we can we can understand each other? And people are so attached to their outrage and their victimhood and their anger mm -hmm. that they refuse to have those com conversations. And some people might say that me saying that is a privileged thing. Okay, that's fine. But is there validity in what I'm saying? Is there right. somewhere we can move forward? Because um, otherwise, the other option is just we scream at each other and be mean to each other forever and then die. Like, I'm I'm good. No, thank you. It's it's not working for us. I don't think no. it's working for us. No. Uh, I, I miss the times where we would have conversations about things that we completely don't agree on. And we would either come to some kind of a, a mental compromise or we would say, okay, we don't agree. Let's go get dinner. <laughs> It's just not TikTok isn't really I've realized TikTok, at least for me, is not the place to have those conversations anymore. Right. Some things are meant for long form. Some things are meant for uh, like Instagram back and forth. But I thought TikTok is like it's really hard to have a productive conversation because everyone already has how they feel made up before they've even listened to what you have to say. A lot of them don't even listen to what you have to say. It's um. It, it's actually a lot of times I read this book called um, Letting Go, A Path to Surrender. And mm. basically they compared people to pressure cookers. Okay. And they're a pressure cooker that's waiting for a moment to release, which means all of that tension existed before they knew that you existed or what you had to say triggered them in some way. And so it's just like, you gotta, you gotta try really hard not to take it personally sometimes because sometimes comments are not really meant for you. They're just of, of, of someone venting and, it, mm. and I just kind of allow people that and, and move on with my day.
Mm. Sometimes I get petty and I get into it. You know, it just depends. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not a perfect human, <laughs> but I try yeah. to be as kind to the world around me as I can mm-hmm. without being a pushover. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm still trying to work on not being a pushover, but I'll get there. I'll it's get a journey. There. It's it's really because you don't want to hurt anybody's yeah. feelings, but that person doesn't care if they hurt yours. Well, it's not. So for me, it's not really about not wanting to hurt people's feelings. Cause I don't think that me putting up my, my boundaries is going to hurt your feelings. I wouldn't think if it did, then you're not the right person. Cause I have pretty soft boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. but for me, it's that, that fear of saying no, that you talk about, um, what, yeah. what's going to happen when I say no, are they going to be upset at me? And am I going to get the why or, you know, so the yeah. people who get the most upset about you setting your boundaries are the people who benefited from you having none. Yeah. So if they get angry, mm-hmm. I'm glad because they're exactly the audience I was trying to reach with that boundary. Yep. Yep. And this is why my relationships failed because I set yeah. those boundaries that didn't make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you also have to own the fact that if you keep doing that and you, and that keeps happening, you need to address something so that you can stop repeating that. Yes. Allowing the the wrong people in is right. Yeah. The worthiness thing. Like I would, I'd end up with really, really toxic and and cruel people Mm -hmm. because I wanted to prove myself worthy to them. Yep. And now I I don't do that. that And I'm by myself all the time. (laughs) Yep. I feel that too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? I like myself. I do great. I go on great dates. (laughs) I have coffee. I have dinners. It's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't, I haven't had quite the same luck dating wise. Cause it just like, I had one fizzle out today actually, mm. or it, it, where we were talking for like back and forth for like five days. I disappeared mm-hmm. for a day because I was, I was struggling mentally. And when I told her she got, she was like, Hey, did something shift with us? And I was like, I was like, no, I just wasn't on the app. And she's like, well, when you're struggling, can you like at least send me a message to let me know that you're struggling? And to me, that's a lot of emotional labor for someone I've never met in person and have been talking right. to for five days. They're basically right. saying, could you, I know that you're struggling, but could you make sure that I don't struggle with your struggle? And it's just like, that's, I, normally I would rise to the occasion and try and be there for them. But now I recognize that's tip of the iceberg for neglecting yourself. Right. You know what, that's, I'm glad that you said that because that was a really good way to describe that behavior. Um, I, I am someone I can't, I have a hard time getting invested in people until I do meet them. Yeah. And until that happens, you are, look, I can have fun chatting with you. We we can have all this current fun stuff, but if you're going to ask me not ever meeting and me knowing that we're going to have chemistry together and be like, where'd you go? It's like, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's just someone who obviously has uh, some some anxiety and mm-hmm. um I feel them on that and I wish them the best but uh the fact that they want when I said I wasn't willing to meet that and they stopped talking to me means they're already making requirements of how I should be acting before we've met in person right. and that is also tip of the iceberg. So respecting those things that you see and taking them seriously will lead to uh, safer, I guess, more loneliness sometimes, but right. um, less struggle in those relationships because you have right. those healthy boundaries. Right. 
Now she's she's probably going to go off and meet somebody who will do that for her. Good. I hope and she that, meets someone who uh -huh. meets all of those needs. I'm not that person. At yeah. least I'm not that person before I've met you in person. Right. <laughs> she was asking yeah, so for I, relationship stuff before we even met. I'm like, no. Uh -huh. mm -mm. Um, I get into the issue where I get called out for having certain boundaries and be like, well, you're not going to meet anybody if you have those kind of boundaries. I'm like, um, I bet you I will meet somebody who has the same kind of boundaries. You know, yeah. it's sure things can be rare um, to deal with, but that doesn't mean that there's not somebody out there. And it's not a bad thing either. People take it personally, in mm -hmm. my experience, when you say, I don't like this, I don't like that. Oh, you don't like that about me? Oh, I didn't say I don't like that about you. I just don't like that in general. <laughs> yeah. That has nothing to do with you as a person. That's also on my cognitive distortion uh, checklist, personalization, which is something mm. that I did a lot where I would like someone like you will use ghosting as an example. Ghosting, mm -hmm. it, it, I understand why it hurts, but ghosting is more of an indicator of who that person is, not your value. Right. So taking that time to separate yourself from that um, creates also a lot less internal struggle. Is is ghosting a sign of who someone is or a sign of the times? It's who someone is. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like what are the times? Like that's that's the struggle with saying things like the times. People saying like oh, it's a hookup culture. Hasn't it always been people been yeah. trying to, to screw for a long time? It's just now I understand there's a higher volume of it. I get with the apps that 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 would be the case where usually you'd go out and you might meet one or two people throughout the course of the evening. And now you can just swipe on hundreds if you want. Mm -hmm. So it seems like a, a different number, but it, I don't think that's really true. And also when someone says like, well, society is this, I was like, what about someone living in Africa is society the same for them as it is for you or someone living in Europe or someone mm -hmm. who is who is um a person of color or LGBT like, there's so many different ways to experience societal things and I think just respecting that everyone has different pressures mm -hmm. but I, I I think it's a cop-out to be like this is a sign of the times I I, I think that people are people regardless Right, and you, you just find the ones that you connect with the best, and and worry about them. Don't worry about a this disembodied thing that you have no control over. You know, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, electronic. Oh, have you seen? Speaking of the electronic dating and apps, mm -hmm. have you seen in your world that you get a lot of uh, a lot of women asking you out? A lot of. No. marriage proposals and <laughs> no <laughs> no I, social media maybe but no um i'm seeing a lot of checklist dating is what i call it mm. they're not looking at you they're looking at their pre-made checklist and seeing if you match it and because there's so many options mm. i think it's the illusion of options um there's people that are a possibility but like people don't want to it seems like people have their preconceived notion of what they want their connection to be. And it's important to have your, your non-negotiables for sure. Yeah. But it also doesn't allow for you both to build something as a couple. It also negates the fact that there's a whole other person that also has to choose you. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Like I have to say yes too. So what if you like, you're never going to meet someone who meets that checklist a hundred percent on my side either. So you find the, 
things that are most important. And then you try and build something with someone, which sounds logical to me, but some people get upset about that. And yeah. I just don't date those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get surprised at, um, with the TikTok, how many people are like, do you want to go out to dinner tonight? And it's just a little bubble with the letter in it with no content, no anything. I'm like, no, or, uh, my, I want to hook you up with my friend, but they tell me nothing about their friend. Their friend Mm -hmm. never reaches out. I'm just supposed to be like, sure. I want to meet some, no, some random person that I know nothing about. No. Yeah. What I've, what I've learned about being hooked up with a friend and look, no offense to anybody who's tried to hook me up. I get it. I get it. But it's typically on the benefit of their friend. And not mm. to my benefit. So you're yeah. not trying to match me with my person. You're trying to match your friend with their person and that checklist that they have without well, knowing think, anything about what I want. <laughs> well, I think also in your world, it's like, hey, I know another gay person. You should yep. be with them as if gay people just just yep. meet up and, and pick someone just based on sexuality alone. I was like, well, yep. that's definitely a hurdle to make mm-hmm. sure that's that's you should be attracted to each other at least on that level but like just because someone else is like if someone else is gay doesn't mean that you're going to be a good match you know i know it's crazy it's true though people still do that i have a gay cousin do you want to meet no (laughs) i never want to meet a stranger you guys just so you know i never want to meet a stranger yeah no (laughs) or at least like send me Send me some information Something. about them other than yeah, give me their TikTok account. <laughs> yeah, I know a lesbian. You guys are going to be together. I was like, mm-hmm. there's some steps here. Mm, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. No. It doesn't work that way. What is your dating plan now? What are you? You're just sitting back and letting life happen. Yeah, I mean, I kind of got. I I just kind of got to a point of being like tired of of a lot of the attitudes I was running mm. into um, kind of being treated as uh, secondary or I should be grateful that someone is paying attention to me. It's a lot of entitlement. It was what I was running yes. into. And so I was like, I can only do this for so long with the same result <laughs> and like keep trying. So I, I leave like the dating apps out there and like I'm on them, but not super actively. And I'm just trying to find like what I want. I spent so much of my dating life trying to figure out how to be what someone else wanted. Right. That when people would ask me what I want, I wouldn't have an answer because I was like a chameleon. I was just trying mm-hmm. to morph myself into what someone else wanted. So I'm taking time to understand like what truly works for me, but also being patient when I don't right. find it in someone I had a connection with. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part is like, you idealize, you start to allow yourself, your brain to like drift into the future mm-hmm. and you forget that that person doesn't actually exist. Just the right. person as they are in front of you exists right. and you either accept them as they are mm-hmm. or you let them go. But you attaching yourself to potential is you not accepting that person right? in their current form and building a relationship with someone that doesn't exist. So I just kind of like, I don't know. I remain open to it, but I've also come to the conclusion that that's, it's possible that that never happens for me. It's possible that I never end up, you know, I'm 40 now, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's possible that I never, I never meet that person. So I do, I I know, but it's just like, (laughs) how can I go this long without truly finding that? And a lot of it was because I was picking the wrong people. So Mm -hmm. I've never dated post-therapy. 
my desire to date a lot of people just kind of disappeared because I see the red flags and I heed them instead of being like, Oh, but we can just ignore this. And then it becomes a problem later. So it's like, it's a little isolating, but so I was, I don't know if you, you were dating during therapy. Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Somewhat. I was, I was with somebody during therapy, which um, in hindsight, I should not have been. I'll put it that way yeah. uh, because I was learning these new ways to communicate my boundaries and to show what I was not comfortable with. And I was practicing these tools with the person that I was with. And turns out that's not what works in a relationship yeah. and what it should be. It should be what works. Um, but it was too new and it was too fresh for me to come out and say, okay, I've learned these tools. So let me practice them on you. Right. It's like that's not the person that I chose to be with, and now you're setting that. So it's kind of it's kind of good that you somewhat dated, because now that I've been through the therapy, I'm like, now I know how to set it up from the start, right? I feel yeah. like I hope. <laughs> well, I mean, you also have to, like I hear what you're saying, but it's there's also certain things that you can't heal within yourself when it comes to relationships outside of a relationship. Like right. you have to be in it to put it into practice. Like I can mm. shoot, you know, 15,000 free throws, but it doesn't matter until I get onto a court and actually perform when the game is going on. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think for you, you just kind of like what I was talking about with the audience that I built, you shifted, they didn't. And that mm-hmm. happens in a lot of relationships. You move oh, in yeah. a different, yeah. a different direction. And, um, it's just not what they signed up for, you know? So, yep. Yep. Sometimes that happens. Let's take a break to do a little ad time for me. That's right. I have to pay the bills on this podcast. Crazy talk. But guess what? I am setting up some content on my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lesbian speaking. If you go and sign up for $5 a month, you're going to get some exclusive sneak peek stuff on me, my everyday life. Uh, the backside of what I do here on the podcast, and you know what, probably just the dog sitting around. Who knows? But go and check it out. It is patreon.com forward slash lesbian speaking. Some of you probably know that two of my three dogs are chihuahuas, sweetest girls on the planet, I swear they are, but they had a bit of a problem. They were using potty pads. I didn't like it, but I couldn't help it because my Miha, she has a bad back and she can't make it all the way down the stairs to get on the lawn. Perfect solution came to me. It is doggy lawn. What is doggy lawn? It is fresh cut squares of grass that come to you on a subscription service that you put on your deck, on your patio. If you have the apartment life, this may be the perfect solution for you. And I have special deals and discounts for you if you use the link in this description or in my link tree. Look, The doggy lawn has changed my life. No more do I need to pick up potty pads every day. Miha just goes on her lawn and she's happy as can be. So check it out. If you have a little doggy that needs a little help, or if you have a big doggy that needs a lot of help, they have big lawns too. Check it out at doggy lawn in my link. So what is on the horizon for your future? You're focusing on um, the podcast. Yeah. I see a lot of work on that. Yeah. Um, just a, so I, I read this book 
um, called The Big Leap. And it's about the concept of upper limiting. Mm. And like, say we apply this to relationships. You are in a relate. You you're you're used to a certain level of happiness. You get into a relationship that happiness is elevated, but you're uncomfortable with that level of happiness because it's outside of what you think you deserve, mm-hmm. or what you're used to. So you do things to sabotage that happiness to bring yourself back down to a base level of happiness. You're upper limiting yourself with happiness. Okay. okay. I was doing that with business as well. (laughs) So they talk about your different zones, zone of incompetence, which is things you don't really know how to do and don't really care to zone of competence. Mm -hmm. You understand how to do it. A lot of other people are much better at it. Zone of excellence, which is something you're really good at. Um, But the zone of genius is what you're truly unique and like meant to do. And for me, the content creation, like the short form, like TikTok, Instagram, that that has been my zone of excellence for a long time. It's something mm-hmm. I'm really good at, but there, there was always this like feeling like something was missing. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing public speaking and I started doing the podcast and I, and I just feel alive. I feel aligned. It feels so good to do. It's just really uncomfortable because it's not generating revenue. And I, I experienced a couple bouts of homelessness. Like I, I, my survivor brain, I was poor for a long time. Mm-hmm. My survivor brain is like, well, if you're not making money, but I'm finally stepping out of that and being like, this is an investment into your future. It's what you're uniquely good at. And so I really, really enjoyed being on podcasts and doing podcasts with other people and learning. It's that same hunger to understand people. And I've had yes. all sorts of different people from all sorts of walks of life. Anyone from, I interviewed someone who was 12. I interviewed someone who's in their sixties. Like mm-hmm. it's what, what I'm finding is, and what's so interesting is that regardless of the age, it was a lot of the same wants, desires, and fears. Mm-hmm. And um, the hope through doing the podcast that I'm doing unfiltered friends is getting to a point where we can start to look at each other in that way instead of kind of gatekeep who's allowed to feel a certain way. Right. You know, humanize those people that you see. So maybe you're a little bit kinder. Maybe you have a bit more understanding, more connection. Mm-hmm. And then right. also watching other people get so inspired by their own story because we're so focused on the future and where we're going that we don't take time to appreciate all the steps that took us to where we are. Yeah. 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 It's, it's super fulfilling and I love it, but it is very uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. It is. I'm in that same where um, I, I still have my steady job. I've cut my hours a little bit, uh, which is great. And I aspire to make the podcast something. And I'm I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Very afraid. It's scary to go from something that's consistent. You know, you're going to get a paycheck to where you, you need to fight for the money is really yep. what it is. So. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was about to quit. Yeah. Uh, um, I was... I think I was making like $700 a month mm-hmm. and it was my only income. Yeah. And then um, the pandemic happened. And instead of me like being like, oh, this sucks. I was like, oh, people are going to need somewhere to go. Yep. And I became that place. And then I yes. began to thrive. So it's really just about really seeing your opportunities, leaning into it, regardless of whether you know there's going to be a payoff. Have a plan for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that discomfort is going to happen no matter what direction you go. So why not go a direction that you love, you know, mm-hmm. and what you're doing right now is exactly how you start is you just do it. You just like, I don't really post a lot of the, 
um, interview like clips anymore. Right. I'm just focused on getting the interviews and getting in that process. And um, that material will always be there, but focusing mm-hmm. on the skill of getting guests, relating to guests, having conversations, like you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, this is good advice for anybody out there. If you're feeling like you're stuck in what you're doing, then yeah, go in and take the baby steps. Um, yeah. The and, big leap. That's what the whole concept is. Like yeah. you want to go for something, go for it. You know, if you have the possibility of achieving it, the first step mm-hmm. is the one in front of you. Yes. Yes. And it's become a, a big market, um, social media from, from this joke, what we had, Oh, it's just for teenagers. It's just for kids. Mm-hmm. It's just for, you know, and it's, it's completely changed. And we see people from all different age groups. I had to be convinced to get on TikTok. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't now look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the first day I went in and I scrolled and I'm like, I could do that. And of course I posted immediately. And yeah. I'm like, oh, all these people are watching it. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I think we, we, we limit ourselves in our minds and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just, just go, just go for it. Like what's the worst thing you fail, you learn. It's mm-hmm. called failing up. You're going to fail up. You got to get real comfortable with failure. I have failed yes. so many times and yes. it's a lesson. It's a bump in the road. It's not the end. Yes. Yeah. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. There's going to be mistakes that happen. And don't be afraid to make mistakes publicly. Yes. Some of, like oh, yes. I, I have put out content where, where, I shared the process of making it. It totally mm-hmm. flopped. But the people who watched me make it feel now more connected to me. It humanizes me because I'm right. not perfect. Right. You know, I do make mistakes and social media tends to be so polished that it's yes. that authenticity is refreshing to a lot of people. Myself and my ex had content that was very much polished. So people had this view of what our life was like that was completely mm. not true. And I, I felt horrible as things ended. And this is a weird thing to feel horrible about. I felt bad for the audience, right? Like I almost was kind of lying to you about things. Um, but what I learned about myself in that is I, I promised myself that I would just make content that was true and that spoke to what really was happening. And I was going to take my real self and put it out there for you. And either you like it or you don't. And it, it has done so much better for me. Um, being in the public eye and going through something, you know, like a breakup, something very, it was extremely public. Um, it was hard for me to handle and it made me question, do I want to continue to do this? And mm. can I emotionally handle people coming at me because I am no longer with a person? That's really none of their business, but I made it their business. You put it in front of them. I put it in front of them. Um, And I recognize that and I own that. Uh, At the same time, instead of me saying, I can't handle this, I shifted it and I said, I'm going to make this a more true format and I'm not going to create a fluff picture of reality again. That's not going to happen. So for me, that was my way of, of dealing with that. Can I make and a suggestion for how to do relationships with social media moving forward? Don't. Don't? No, 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 no. no. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, 
when 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 women I date see my platform, some of mm-hmm. them struggle with it because I have a lot of people giving me a lot of attention. Oh, a yes. lot of people would feed into that. I personally don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rare that I well, like there's only been a couple of times in 16 years where I dated someone who was initially part of my audience. It's not a dynamic that I seek. I want someone who can just see me as I am instead of kind of like rose colored glasses. Right. I did. I did one where she like I dated a girl and she has 5 million YouTube subscribers. Okay. And when we broke up and we were very public about it, I got descended upon. It was awful. And then I dated someone who didn't have a platform and I, and people attacked her. And regardless of how that relationship ended, I didn't want that for her, but I had invited all these strangers into my relationship. So now, now what I do, I will never hide that I'm in a relationship. That's, Mm -hmm. that is, that is a no for me. I want to share my happiness. I want to share what I I want to share that part of myself, but you don't know her name. You don't know what she looks like. She's sup girlfriend for a while because I need to make sure that my connection with them is more solid. Okay. I want to make sure that that this is something that's going to have legs and and keep going. Right. And then and then I slowly introduce them maybe or maybe not. Mm-hmm. I want to have some stuff that's just for me. Yep. You know? She's home. I want to go home. And if I have all these strangers in my home, it's a hotel. It's not a home, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) so like I let people know that she exists, but beyond that, she's, she's for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good idea. That's a good, good way to do it. We were both creators. And so it was, uh, Oh, it's fun. It's great. And until you realize it's not so great. Yeah. I, Um, I dated a huge creator on TikTok, Mm -hmm. and nobody knows that we dated. No. Because neither of us wanted all of these. Because man, the people who come out the woodwork are mm-hmm. are then speak are usually the least nuanced people there. Yeah. Quite the mostly balanced people. Like a happy person doesn't comment angry things unless <laughs> you're saying something like truly problematic. I can understand that, but for the most part, happy people just go live happy lives and, and like they'll just scroll by. They're yeah. not going to maintain that energy to type something ugly. So that's right. why, especially TikTok. I had a video. My friend Mama came to visit me. She's in her mid-50s. She's married. She doesn't even live near me. Her foot was in the background of a video. And <laughs> all of the comments were about her feet. Who's with my mans? Whose foot is that? Let me add her. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 wow. whoa. No, 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 no. We don't know. You know me like that. I don't know you like that. Uh-huh. That's that parasocial thing. And so that's another thing you just have to tread really carefully as your platform grows. And I know with you that it will, that it's going to people are going to build up uh, a relationship with you that's very one-sided and you just have yes. to be that's where those boundaries are going to become very important and you're going to piss people off. Oh yeah. But you need to protect yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it it uh became pretty evident I had Last year, somebody fly um, from Arizona, was it, um, to come and find me? <laughs> I was like, um, no. Yeah. No, no thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I had somebody take a drunken Uber an hour and a half 
Um, and this is someone that wasn't part of my audience. This is someone mm. that I knew. And we'd had a very adult conversation about how, about how we should just be friends. And oh, okay. she agreed. And then, and her and I, at this point, the most we had done is kissed once. Um, and she showed up drunkenly to my door and was like knocking on my door. Wow. Texting me like really sexually explicit stuff mm. and monitoring my stream to see if I was reacting. Wow. And it, it's just, it's, it's wild. It's wild. When I told that story, what's also wild is people defended her. So it really just, it just goes, the, their projection, wow. not perspective, because they didn't have one. They just had the mm -hmm. story I told. Their projection was that I didn't communicate enough. And that is why it happened. But they don't know that. So I just Here's what's interesting is I literally had the same thing happen. Well, really? she didn't take an Uber for an hour and a half. She just drove to my house. But yeah, drunkenly in the middle of the night. And she was 18 years younger than me. And that's oh. why I was like, I can't date you. You're no. This is, the age gap does not compute. Does not no. compute. And yeah, she would do that. She would show up into my house in the middle of the night, knocking on the door, this and that. And um, yeah, some people were like, well, you led her on. I'm like, how did I lead her on? I literally told her numerous times i cannot date you how is that matter what you say it doesn't matter they have yeah. their version their projection they're applying their situation to yours mm -hmm. they don't even have the context to say those things so i just kind of go nope you're wrong and i move on with my day but i don't type yeah. it because then people make videos about it and now, yeah. I'm, now I'm like a misogynist for saying I disagree with someone <laughs> on my own personal lived experience I know it's really odd yeah. yeah so much judgment so much judgment um but and again, I feel for a you reflection being, of them yeah I do feel for you and I may get look my audience could give me hate for saying something like this but there's there's the reality side of where we say this type of people is this way so we say white man is this way and it's just not true. There's so many different kinds of people out there that we need to stop. The number one thing that we need to stop doing, especially in our community, the LGBTQI community, is um, putting these expectations on people. Because what that says is that the expectations that they put on us are then okay and valid. Yeah. It's giving them license to say the same thing back to us. And but we it's, all need to stop not. doing that. If it's someone like me, I, I'm not allowed to respond. Right. I mean, I can respond, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how nuanced what I say is. Mm -hmm. um, it is me oppressing other people with my viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. And I understand people do that one hundred percent. I'm not mm -hmm. one of them. Right. Um, I think sometimes people confuse advocates for people who will just blindly agree with everything that you do. Right. You know, I believe in equal treatment and that also comes with equal treatment with, Hey, what you're doing is harmful and I disagree with it. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to throw things that are out of my control in my face to invalidate what I'm saying. But you heard what I said. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't agree with your behavior. Um, you can disagree with my right to say that. Um, but I said it. Mm -hmm. So good, good luck to you. Um, but if I watch someone being harmful, I don't care what wrapping paper the Lord put them in. I'm going to say, Hey, I disagree with this and you can disagree mm -hmm. back. That's how a discussion is started. Right. But to throw things in my face that I have no control over that, that, that just, that is not an attempt to grow or change anything. That is an attempt to control. Yes.
Yes. And I'm I'm not trying to control you. So why are you trying to do it to me? Mm-hmm. Because it's deemed okay to do. Right. So I just I've that's where you now. say that the punching up. They feel that at that point yeah. that they're punching up. You know, I hear the phrase, it's, it's, it's all men until it's no men. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about, what about people like me who have experienced decades of assault from women? Mm-hmm. What right. about people in same sex couples who experience abuse? Yeah. It's just, um, I understand where the attitude comes from and I understand the message and I support some of it, mm-hmm. but it's just like, we, we, <laughs> We can't take half of the world's population and say they're one thing, mm-hmm. you know, because I know that they wouldn't be, they probably wouldn't say it to a gay person right. because then they'd be homophobic or a trans person because mm-hmm. then they'd be transphobic or a black person because mm-hmm. then they'd be a racist, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, who are you talking about in reality? Right. Right. And, and it's systemic. It's a, it's, it's people who are in a, a, a place of, of power. And I understand that me existing as I am comes with privilege. And I acknowledge that. And I actually utilize Mm -hmm. that in order to facilitate conversations where I can remain a bit more objective in the conversation because it's less directly affecting me. You know, I'm more able to sit down with someone who is homophobic because um, they're going to listen to me more than they're going to listen to you. And that Mm -hmm. is me utilizing that privilege to start that conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And I know you, you know, you might get into trouble for some of the things that I'm saying, but it's just like everything that I'm saying is out of love for humans. Right. And this is, this is the journey and the work that you've been doing. So you've lived through it, you've experienced it. And to say that you, um, you use your privilege to go in and have those conversations. I think that's like the number one key thing to get out of sup daily, you guys, you go follow him. <laughs> he is the one who does it. He doesn't, he's not saying, Hey, I'm white man here. Here it is. He's saying, no, let's look at objectively everybody's feelings and thoughts and concerns and beliefs. And let's see where we are as the human race. Right. Yeah. And that's more so what your focus is. But you also like, I do want to, to reiterate though, that there are a lot of experiential things Mm-hmm. that do affect it. It's just not the only thing, you know, like I'm going to have a different experience than you, than a person of color. And I, and I understand that the world treats people differently based on those things. Right. What I'm not, I'm not focused on who's doing it. I'm focused on the behavior. Right. Because I, that's, if we focus on who's doing it, it's like throwing, it's like throwing water on the smoke instead of the flame. Mm-hmm. you know, get to the source. And that, that's really my purpose is to like buck all of those categories and just focus on what is, what is happening, but right. also giving respect to the, the experiential things that might be different based on, mm-hmm. based on those categories. Right. I think that we say giving respect and I think that a lot of the audience forgets that um, creators like us who speak truth to our feelings are doing that to give respect, to give respect to different groups of people, to give respect to different feelings and beliefs. And um, when they don't agree with it, and then they decide that it's disrespectful because it's not with, in line with their their beliefs. Um, 
I take that a little bit, but that's something where I feel I still take personally is where people assume that I'm not being respectful. And why I, I exactly why I question myself. Why that's it. Why it is good why? to question yourself. That uh-huh. is healthy. That is how you remain um, a well-versed person. Like I said, I will always investigate mm-hmm. if there is some truth to my behavior that I should investigate. Right. But that consultation should start with your truth, not theirs. Right. Start right. He, start inward and work outwards. And I think right. too often we start outward and work inward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that also probably does relate to that people pleaser attitude. Like, oh, no, I upset somebody. <gasps> oh, oh, man. It's yeah. so bad. I've done it for so long. And mm-hmm. yeah, life has gotten a lot quieter and <laughs> sometimes a bit more dramatic, but it's you're you're kind of like you are shifting and you have to understand that not everyone's going with you. Right. And, uh, and I understand why people don't do the work on themselves. It's painful. Mm -hmm. It's not as available. It's expensive. Like I try to be understanding of that as well, but I also just separate myself from trauma led people. I Mm -hmm. understand where they're coming from and I feel for them. Um, but I also understand the amount of transference that happens right. when you're around someone who just identifies with their victimhood instead of yes. doing things yes. that can um, help them ascend. So if I challenge someone, it's because I believe in them. I believe in you. So I am challenging you and I'm not saying I'm the authority on it, but if I see, if I, if I see someone who's, who is conducting themselves beneath what I perceive to be, like they, their full strength, I will challenge them. Yeah, and some people don't like that. Most people, I, I mean, I never like it, but I always at least listen. Yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable conversation. But I've had friends in my life who are not the yes people. They will challenge everything I say and do and think, and they're there for a purpose. Because if I just align myself with people who agree with everything I do, then I'm just going to be the same person every day. How am I going to grow if I have nobody in my life that says, wait, but why are you doing that? <laughs> but not everyone wants to grow. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Think about how painful your growth has been. Oh yeah. Extremely. Yes. Some people are so content sitting mm-hmm. in their bubble and never expanding. And I don't judge them for it. Um, mm-hmm. I understand why someone does it. I just, they are not a part of my circle. It's yes. not a, it's not saying that I'm better or worse than them. It's just not not the vibe I'm looking for. Yes. Yes. Yep. You're a circle. So what uh what kind of things do you do around uh Denver with your peoples? Um I I love going to different restaurants and like trying out food. I'm big into food, um, big into nature, especially like around this time of year with all of the colors that are happening and like just hiking through the Rocky mountains with like golden and red and orange glowing trees. Mm. And now we're starting to get the snow caps at the, at the upper elevations. It's just like heavenly to me. I spend most of my time working, which I'm trying to find a balance Yeah. Um, for that. But I don't care what I'm doing as long as I'm doing it with someone that I feel connected with. 
Yes. You know, I'm a quality time person and that can look mm-hmm. like going to the grocery store together, going to a movie together, whatever. Just as long as I'm with someone I feel connected to because I'm naturally introverted. So mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not like going out very much. Um, so I want to find people who also aren't big goer out. I was for a long time. Yes. It's just, uh, I'm in a different phase of my, a much more peaceful, <laughs> some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes more peaceful part of my life. So I just like connecting with people, like-minded people, going to podcast conferences because you're going in March, right? Yes. Yeah. Like I have never felt more accepted in a group of people than I did the first time I went to a podcast conference. Oh, wow. It's just, those are my people. And so even, even going to this, like this is a smaller version of the one that I went to in Dallas and it's, Mm -hmm guarantee you you're gonna just connect with so many wonderfully like-minded people oh that's good and i'm excited yeah. for that yeah i actually like i love deep conversation and i actually got tired of it by the end which shows quite a bit because <laughs> i'm that friend i don't know if you're similar i'm that friend with you like yes. here he goes again launching into some like deep conversation and i was like mm-hmm. okay, oh okay but the people who are right for you will lean into that and want to know more yes. and contribute to it Yes. I think that's what I'm excited about is the networking, the meeting, the people and having those kind of conversations where it is that deep thought. I've, I do have, I have a very small circle of friends here and that's because, you know, that those are the things that I like. I like to sit around and chat. I mean, it's that simple and um, it's hard to find people yeah. who want to do that without having some fantastic plan. And, and just <laughs> understanding that and accepting yeah. it, even if it's kind of painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for certain personalities. I think it's tough for everyone, but especially if it because I feel like mm-hmm. we're kind of similar people. Um, it's when someone says you're too much, they mean for them, not mm-hmm. in general. And learning to accept that that's just one person's perspective. Yeah, I wanted you on mm-hmm. my podcast, and I'll I'll speak for me being a mask presenting lesbian and you being um in um someone who is open about your emotions and and your your feelings and the experiences that you have in that open way i feel myself that there's a lot of things that you say that um women will question you Mm. about or make assumptions about you Mm. that i get and so i feel very connected to you in that way because I feel that women treat me the same way that they would treat you. And there's even, um, I don't remember if it was in a live or if it was in content where you had spoken very lightly about your abuse, that you had been abused Mm -hmm. and people make assumptions that men can't be abused. Right. And at the time when I was going through my abuse, it was in the nineties. I was young. I was a teenager. And, um, when the cops would be called, they'd say, Women can't abuse women. That's not a thing. So I feel like, you know, there's experiences that you and I have had that very much yeah, it, align I mean, with each other. So I feel like I get yeah, you. Yeah, that whole thing that. was like, was really tough because it was like really re traumatizing. I don't think people fully understand, how, fully understood how bad it got for me just from telling that story. I mean, I had people send me mail, like physical mm-hmm. mail, telling me that I shouldn't be talking about that thing. One girl sent me a letter that said that I hadn't been raped enough for a woman to care. Um, 
people defending women defending her and it's just like when i say these things i'm not trying to condemn all women you know even with all my experiences i will never say women are this because i know how no. reductive that is but there is a problem when only one half of the conversation is allowed to exist. I'm respectful of mm -hmm. the history of oppression. I am well-versed on it. I've had many conversations about it. I understand it. I just wonder at what point do we all get to sit at the table and talk about how we affect each other? It seems like I can only, when I would attack men, I would get celebrated. If I even told a story where the woman wasn't the hero, I would get descended upon when somebody would say things like I, there was a video that had 11 million likes right. and it was about how in 400 years, men will no longer be necessary. And it was people celebrating the fact that all men should just die. And if I say, Hey, I have a problem with that. The response is we didn't mean you or you uh if you have a problem with what we're saying then you are part of the problem there's always a quick response that i can't really do anything about and that's the frustrating part and that's what a lot of frustration mm -hmm. um comes from and it's so interesting hearing you talk about those experiences because you're you're not a man and women are attacking you too so is it a problem with men or is it right. a problem with anyone who disagrees mm -hmm. with you what is that? That's a, I mean that. What, what is that? I don't understand right. because I watch just women be cruel to women too. So is it about patriarchy? Is it about men? Or is it about attacking anyone who's outside of your viewpoint? So I, I have like these theories about society that go a little bit weird, crazy minded. But um, one of the... the and this really is has been in true practice. So we see groups of people who are um, being held back because of certain aspects, right? Yeah. And yes. like systemic racism. One hundred percent. That perfect example, right? Mm -hmm. And in in L.A. in the '90s, we had those riots, massive riots, um, and in of Compton, course, yeah. the first the first thing that you hear people say, especially in in an area where I live, Spokane, it is predominantly mm -hmm. white and yes. we don't really have care in the world when it comes to most of the things that affect different groups. Right. Let's be real. Um, and they'd be like, why are they destroying their own neighborhoods? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Well, okay. But here's people who've been oppressed and held back and they've been held back into these neighborhoods that they are now angry that they have to live there and they have to be like, there's all of this building up in this bubble, in this bubble, in this bubble until they attack. Right. And it's all just this big, hot blowing bubble that bursts and mm. they can't help their reaction to it. They can't help what they're saying or what they're doing. All they know is they're angry. They're angry about their surroundings. They're angry about their situation. They're angry about what's happening and they have to do something. I feel like a lot of these comments that you say that mostly come from women, that come from women, um, women in this country have been, although not as oppressed, let's be real, as other groups, but yeah. oppressed nonetheless. 
and have been expected to behave in a certain way, expected to speak in a certain way, and um, work these jobs that men don't want to work, right, um, quote, unquote, um, work for less money uh, and take on the household role and have children and do like all of these expectations that have been building up the past few decades. That This is a pretty new world that we're living in where women are expected to take on multiple roles as opposed to mother homemaker, right? Now you have to do this on top of working and on top of other responsibilities that you have. And it's been this bubble that's been building and it's blowing up. The mm-hmm. bubble is blowing up. Um, women are getting sick of feeling like they contribute more for less is really mm-hmm. what it comes down to. So when they see somebody like you on the platform, it's easy to take that bubble and burst it right at you. You're an yes. easy target. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the best way to explain it is you put yourself out there so I can come in. So my question is, mm-hmm. why why do they go after you then? Why do they go after me? Because if we have similar experiences mm-hmm. and you are not a man, right? is it about men? What is it actually about? It's... I'm going to go back in time. Um, in okay. early 2000s, um, when I was on dating apps, when they first started coming out, I shouldn't even say apps, sites. <laughs> um, like OkCupid and yeah, Fish yep. and stuff like that. I exactly. Yeah. How, so, well, are we the same age? How old are you? I'm 48. So, okay. 40. Yeah. So. I was like, <laughs> before I could get onto the dating site. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the dating sites back then had two options. You are either butch or femme, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which I don't, I'm not butch. Is there a butch thing about me? No, I, I have no acts out and back, which I guess I'm stereotyping, but <laughs> still. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all about someone's outside perspective. The only thing right. that really matters is your truth about mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So in that um, butch and femme world, they made the assumption that I had to do the manly things. So I had to pay the bill when we went out and I had a big problem. I had the biggest problem with paying the bill. And to this day, it's a big, ch- because back then now is a different world. Now is a different world. I'm going to say that. But back then me as a masculine presenting lesbian had a hard time getting a good paying job. Because mm-hmm. companies didn't want to hire me. I was booted from the military for being gay and it was on my paperwork. So when companies would see that, they'd be like, mm, no, next. Um, it was hard for me to get a good paying job. So here I was out with women who made great incomes and were like, you have to pay the bill because you're the mask one or you're the, you're the butch one. Um, there was just a lot of things that were put on to me, especially back then where women treated me like I should be the man. And, and I think a lot of that, especially in older women, where they look at me and think that person's like a man. So we're going to treat her like a man. Right. Mm. And there's even some of the comments where guys will come into the lives and, and they'll say things like that. Well, if you want to look like a man, you should be treated like a man. Oh, you know? my God. Yeah. It rocks. That stuff's so disgusting. Uh, so yeah. Gross. And it's so old school. It's like, come on, think of something cool. new to say, buddy. What, <laughs> what year is this? What decade is this? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so because it, you because you are masculine presenting, you mm-hmm. become a man to those people who yes. would make those arguments. Because this mind, is so yeah. rich coming from people who will probably also combat traditional ideas of yes gender. Yes, you know it, it's 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 um, confusing. It's very confusing for me to have a woman. Let's say I have a woman who's coming at me who is very professional, and I've I've had that. I've had women who are like, well, and I know because I'm a professor, and I'm like, really though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in my comment section? Go right yeah, <laughs> go somewhere else, you know. Um, but it, it is to to see people who are working and living in this these very non traditional roles come at you for being non traditional. It's so backwards. It just seems. It just feels very hypocritical. Yes, is what it, it is. feels. It feels like. I'm going to apply these ideas of traditional gender or traditional values when it suits me. And when mm-hmm. it doesn't, I'm going to switch. So it's like, it's like going from going back in and out of patriarchal ideas. Right. And it just, it feels, it just feels hypocritical. It does. Yes. yes. That's you're, you're supporting the, I see it in religion. A lot. Oh yeah. Oh Cherry yeah. picking the parts that work for them or misinterpreting it in a way that fits their agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you get called out, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a really confusing time. And I think it's because I'm trying to make sense of it. Yeah. It's, it's a confusing time. I think because we've become so public, it's, well, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, there was two things that were not allowed to be talked at at the dinner table. Politics and religion, right? Yeah. And now, what are we talking about? Politics and religion. We're putting out the things that we have absolute differences with each other about, and we're making them very open and very public, and it's in a way that we haven't before. I think the difference, and this is just a theory, the difference is back then when we wouldn't talk about it, politics and religion were um ideas mm-hmm. like things that you adhere that you think ideas that you would adhere to but now it's identity especially politics yeah so when you get attacked not att- when you perceive it as attack when someone disagrees with your political affiliation it is an attack on you as a person and mm-hmm. that's why it becomes so whereas before it was just something that you agreed with and now it's who you are Right. So they feel the need to defend, not because of the idea necessarily, but because it's their identity. Yes. Yes. And I also feel that we've somewhere merged the line of human rights issues and politics, which. Yeah. Look, like <laughs> people like you, you, um, you don't, you don't like me because I'm a, a Trump supporter. And I was like. Yeah. Um, I will listen to what you have to say, but if you support Trump, you also support a bunch of policies. You're like, it's, it's politics. It's not personal. It's like, that is a very privileged thing to say. My friend who is a DACA recipient might have to get sent back to a country that he's never known. Hmm. You can't tell me that's not personal. A yeah. lot of my, a lot of my, you know, f- friends who are affected very directly by Roe v. Wade, you can't tell me that reproductive rights 
aren't personal. You know, yeah, these so are that's human the, rights. Right. So in my it's opinion, not about should not policy. be a part of, of yeah, politics and policy. Yeah, it's should... not policy. It's personal. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you can also single issue people kind of drive me nuts. It's like, no, you're accepting all of the issues with mm. this person. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something that we forget about. Like you don't, you're, um, I had this conversation with somebody um, 10 years ago. This was so long before we were talking about politics, but, um, and they were like, how do you really know who to vote for? And I'm like, we well, have to read, you have to read up on them. You have to know their issues. And if you don't agree with everything and if you don't agree with their cabinet, cause it's not just about them, but who are they going to take with them? Yeah. And if you don't agree with those people, then maybe you shouldn't be voting for them. <laughs> We also have a lack of options, which is another issue. Yeah. Like I just filled, I, I just filled out my uh, my um, voting stuff for my mm-hmm. area, and um, it was a lot of reading. But I wanted to make sure that what I was casting my vote for was something that I actually aligned with. Yeah, and a lot of people don't do that reading; they just kind of vote along i know they were the i think it's funny when people say we need change we need change and then they continually vote for the same people mm-hmm. well, you're the one who's in charge of putting that change in there <laughs> i mean like and what's, what's funny is people talk about how like boomers are the ones making these decisions but trump biden mm-hmm. pelosi Mitch McConnell, they're all the silent generation. Mm-hmm. Like we have people in their 80s making all these decisions. And I just hope that like we get more young in touch people, but there's such a system in place that just keeps them there and employed and making a lot of money. Because they don't have the money to, they don't have the monetary backup. It's crazy. <sighs> so when are you running for president? <laughs> Never. I think. People who run for president are crazy people. Yes. Who wants that job? They're sadomasochists. Is that what it is? Crazy people. I have no interest because no matter what you do, Mm -hmm. half or more than half of of the U.S. hates you and Mm -hmm. most people outside of the country do. Mm-hmm. It's like really I, I remember I was backpacking across Europe during the battle between Trump and Hillary mm-hmm. and that's all people wanted to talk about. And I'm just like, look guys, like I came like, here that's to learn cool about and Europe. all, but I'm backpacking over here. Do you see this? Right. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what these people are doing half of the time. Cause they don't know what they're doing half of the time. So I'm just going to vote my best, but like <sighs> politics is weird. Mm-hmm. I stay, I, I pretty much stay out of that discussion as well. It sucks with how polarizing things have become. I've become less of an advocate. Yep. It's just not, it's just, and it, it just brings a lot heat. of hatred. I, I was shocked. Um, okay. So I'm going to go into when, uh, gay marriage was legalized and yeah, 2015. Yes. Um, I had a lot of people surprisingly on my Facebook who I had grown up with and everybody I knew on my Facebook, I actually know. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. one of those open up my world to everybody. Um, and the amount of comments that were, our country's going to hell. I can't believe they're doing this. And I was like, why are you friends with me? Why? <laughs> I don't understand. You. 
What's that? <laughs> we didn't mean you. It's the same oh, yeah. argument. Oh, yeah. But you're cool. Mm-mm. Nope. It doesn't work that way. So I ended up unfriending so many people during that yeah. period because, yeah, I don't. It, it's where you say, well, you have you need to have people in your life that you don't agree with. I'm like, okay, great. But when it comes to my rights, no. But no. No. Mm-mm. no. Man, that fight was crazy too. I mean, like, I, I actually, if you want, I can say I have videos from the marches in 2008 through oh. the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, that was when I became politically awake, and I was interviewing people about how they felt about yeah. what had just happened, and I was in the in the in the marches, and it was just like wild when I started using my platform to to continue those conversations and talk to different. LGBTQIA plus people about their, their experiences. Um, it's a lot of backlash, but also a lot of change, you know, I was just upset that I wasn't in the country when it passed because I missed all the parties. I got to do all the work Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I got, I missed out on, so I'm in the streets of Salzburg, Austria, when I got the news running through a square by myself, (laughs) just elated, just elated. And people there were like, we don't care. I was like, okay. Oh, man. I just wish I could have been around people who, like, understood the gravity and how right. much work went into what what happened there. I think that there has been a huge shift in the world since then. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It, because with the Roe v. Wade and mm-hmm. the amount of people from other countries I saw stepping up, I was in awe. Yeah, I had never seen an American issue become so across the globe. But I asked a couple of folks, why, why did you care so much? It it doesn't affect you because you're over there, right? And they said, actually, the U.S. has been law trendsetters for yeah. our countries. Like it or not, a lot of the things that happen here affect the entire world. Mm-hmm. You know, including who we elect as our president. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I I got that question a a lot when I was doing advocacy. Uh, You know, I talked about racial inequality, gender inequality, and a lot about about uh, same sex issues. And um, they would ask me why I cared. Mm -hmm. Why do you care? That doesn't affect you directly. Um. I was always happy. I was always happy to hear that because it, it meant a conversation was about to happen. A lot of times it would happen for, from people who were kind of bigoted. They were confused why a straight man would care so much. Right. And I was like, because this is a fellow human who's being mistreated based on things that are outside of their control, i.e. sexuality, gender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, but I, but I really had to dive deep. Like, why am I so heated about this? It's because I grew up getting bullied. Right bullied for being gay, which I never was bullied for being outside of the norm for what people thought was okay. Right. And not one time did someone say, Hey, maybe don't hit him with a bat today. Don't jump him. Mm -hmm. Don't follow him around. Don't ridicule him. And I didn't want to sit back and watch other people go through something similar to what I went through Mm -hmm. and say nothing. I thought it was ugly and I don't have to, I don't care who you go to bed with or as I care about people being treated equally. Right. And I watched a group have their rights taken from them. Mm-hmm. That was the wild thing. I watched the state of California by popular vote mm-hmm. strip the rights away from people. 
And I was like, oh, no, this I can't. I can't do this. I right. can't sit back and watch this. And it was a, a wild journey after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's to voices like yours. Because you, your voice is going to be so much louder than someone in the community. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's, I, I had somebody recently say, well, I'm straight, so I can't be a part of that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Your voice is so much more loud than ours is. Because yeah. if you're saying, hey, it doesn't affect me, but I still care, right? Th- that's a big thing. I, I understand why people stay out of it because there's a lot, like, there's a lot of uh, infighting yeah within those communities i mean you would experience it more 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 than i would but uh it kind of goes back to people questioning your intent right uh, for why it is that you're doing it and i i can't be held responsible for that like it's people are going to interpret it how they were as long as you know that your intent is good and pure mm-hmm. um just keep doing what you're doing you're going to fi- face backlash and all you all you can do is really prove them wrong by your actions you know, people have a lot of reasons why they project who you are onto you. Yes. Um, and I, I, I'm not a part of that discussion, but I understand why people stay out of it. That's why I stopped. Part of the reason why I stopped calling out misogyny on, on TikTok is because one, I didn't think it actually made a difference and it didn't, Mm-mm. you know, it, people mobbing up on somebody never does. Right. Um, like I, I, when I, you know, I talked about earlier about having like homophobic feelings. Um, the what cured me was oh, so I was in a music group. I was in musical theater. I was used to being the token straight pretty much everywhere that yeah, I went. Yeah. <laughs> and um I was in a music group in high school with this guy who was just unapologetically gay in your face. He was mm-hmm. just like, This is who I am. And 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 it made me uncomfortable. And he didn't yell at me mm-hmm. when he saw how he just looked at me, he goes, Oh, you're just ignorant. That's okay. And he mm-hmm. moved on with his day. And that allowed the space for me to exist around him to understand that I was indeed being ignorant. Right. But if he had started that conversation with, you're such a POS and blah, 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 like it would have shut everything down. Yep. And I understand why people don't want to, don't want to take that like less reactive approach. I understand there's a lot of personal things that cause someone to lash out. Mm-hmm. But the the truth is, difference is made in conversation, right? You know, and I, I guess I, I know it's easy for me to say that, but um, I've just been witness to and participated in the difference that that it makes there. But right. you you do at some point have to start protecting yourself, mm-hmm. you know, for you have to like make sure that you're okay. Yeah, and I just found myself not, I'm not safe in these conversations because it's become so volatile. Right. And I just couldn't handle the heat anymore. So I got out the kitchen. Well, I think, and and there's, there's another side to it where we call, if you call people out for misogyny or toxic masculinity and all that, um, there's people who don't like that stuff, but then there's people who have an attraction to that stuff. So they're taking it personally because like, especially with, with the women, they may look at this guy that you're like, Oh, look at you saying a woman has to come home and cook for me. That's just rude. But then there's women who are like, but that's what I want, you know? And so they may take it personally because what you're doing is attacking what they desire. Yeah. But I would never tell someone else what they need to do in order to be a woman. 
ever. It's true. It's well, this is the same theory as me saying, you know, I don't like poly, I'm monogamous. And they felt I was attacking what they what they do, what they're Yeah, but you're not saying you're not saying if you Yeah, I'm not saying it, but just the same as you calling somebody out for their behavior isn't you saying that what you like is wrong. It's just you know, it's just I think people just take things too personally is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. They take it as a, just the personal attack on them. Which means the correct audience was reached. I'm glad <laughs> this upset you because you were who I was talking about. Yeah. So sometimes I try to stay off the petty pillow, but sometimes mm-hmm. I lean in a little bit. But as a person with a large platform mm-hmm. and someone who is very articulate, I am very careful with yes. my words because yes. I know the amount of damage that I could do. And if someone is attacking yeah. you, they're already have experienced a mm-hmm. lot of damage that, that they haven't healed from. Yeah. So I meet them with empathy, but I also tell them they can kick rocks. I, I do both. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one is, one is I see you as a person. I respect you. I get where this is coming from. And another is this is my personal boundary for how you're allowed to treat me. I mm-hmm. can't take responsibility for what society or men or any of those things are doing, mm-hmm. but I do have certain rules for people who are in my life and you are violating that. Yes. Yeah, I used to be one of those people when I would get those comments, I would feel like I had to explain myself or I had to. So I would make replies to them. They won't hear you. They and won't hear you. But here's the thing. Here's what's what was damaging to me as a creator. I would get the most views off of those replies because it was the drama, drama yeah. right? So now, now I tend to, to, if I'm going to reply to it, it's going to be comedy. I'm going to make you laugh at it. Yeah. I don't get as much views because, oh, she's being silly. Where's the drama? But it's fulfilling me better because I'm taking something and I'm turning it into something funny. But That's, that's good. That worked for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it works for me. Um, but I don't, it's so rare that I actually comment back on things. And it's actually so rare that I actually get negative comments anymore. I mean, now when I do, I know specifically where they're coming from, which is troublesome in itself. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't get that. So, but I've also been very careful about what I'm saying and what I'm posting. Um, and that also is kind of damaging to me because yep. feeling like I have to filter myself and you are I, suppressing yourself. I am suppressing myself, but also there's things that I can't, there's things that I would love to talk about and love to make. Uh, content about at the same time it's not appropriate and uh, I think people are sitting back and waiting for that content to happen it's just not going to happen people I'm sorry it's a it's inappropriate in what way in in discussing previous relationship Uh, I mean people want to know details people want to know you know all that stuff I'm like you don't you don't need to know that you really don't know yeah. Especially if they know the person that mm-hmm. that's, yeah, like I, I might talk about, like I made a video recently about, <clears throat> I was dating someone who was an avoidant mm-hmm. and she would like disappear when I, we would talk about her feelings mm-hmm. and I actually created a system for her to let me know she needed to disappear. But then I realized I was exchanging me feeling safe for her feeling safe. And if we yep. can't both feel safe, then it's probably just not the right connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. That relationship had been over for a month and a half before mm-hmm. I even made that video. Nobody knew who she was. She was less likely to encounter it, but it is the way that I express myself. But if they know who that person is mm-hmm. and it's me re- giving like details instead of just lessons, then yeah, like it's just inviting 
right more of that type of audience that wants to attach to that right. drama and pick a side. People feel like they always have to pick a side. And sometimes yeah. you don't. Yeah. Most times you don't. You weren't even in it. So yeah. where are you getting this perspective on my lived experience from where you can say with your whole chest who's right or wrong in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's very odd, but I think mm -hmm. people just want to be in, involved. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I don't take it too personally sometimes because I was like, you don't even know, you know, but fifteen percent of this story, and you're so strong in that conviction. All right, mm -hmm. it's an ignorant perspective, so I just let them have it. Yeah, it's like even I would get comments. Well, you're such a great person, and I'm like, how do you know I'm a great person? How do you know that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I which sounds weird that I'd be like self attacking myself when people come into a live and you know you're so amazing. I'm like, but you don't know that. <laughs> you really do you say that. that to them? Sometimes I do. Um, sometimes I do because it's, I Can feel I like a suggestion. Yeah. Don't this is a do lesson. that. <laughs> this is a lesson from my grandma. So this listen tattoo is in her handwriting. Yeah. And she, um, it was, she was on her deathbed and she, I, I, she was about to go. And I said, do you want to know what the greatest lesson you ever taught me was? And she nodded. She couldn't talk. She's like, a lot of times when people are looking for advice, they're just looking for someone to listen. Mm. And then she was gone within the next five minutes. It was a wild wow. experience. Wow. But one of the other things that she told me in her life was when someone pays you a compliment, just say thank you. You saying thank you does not agree or disagree with what they're saying. It's just acknowledging that they said something nice. Because what I would find is like, I'll get the comment like, there are no good men out there like you. And I would spend time correcting that because I just know that to not be true. I know plenty right. of wonderful men. Right. But then it was almost like I was invalidating something that nice that they said to me. Okay. And them knowing my perspective on the fact that they're wrong doesn't really help them at all. It doesn't help. So I just say thanks and I move on because is the discussion worth it? Yeah. You know? Okay. I'm trying to reduce the drama in my life. Yes. So I'm looking at conversations and I'm asking myself, is it worth it? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the answer is no. So I just go, thanks. And then I move on because you're not advocating what they're saying. You're just right. acknowledging they said it. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, or not that I'm not a good me. person. I just feel like no, there's horrible. so much. Yeah. You're I'm horrendous. Horrible. You're disgusting. I, and that's why I've been. Worse. Talking to you for two hours now. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand you. <laughs> no, I just, I have a, I have a personal concern with, um, and I made a, a, a content about it recently. There's so many more stories going on about people lying uh, on TikTok in particular to get money from people. And I, so I just want to like bring caution to them and be like, you really don't know us as people. Um, you don't know everybody. And you, you don't know who's telling the truth. You don't, I mean, the reality is you don't know what people are really about. You don't. No. Um, if I got to write a book, because remember, I've been hmm. in this industry for 16 years. Yeah. Every top creator you have ever known, I know them. Yes. If I could write a book on who they are behind the scenes, mm -hmm. I would never do that. I would yeah. never do that. But yeah. it's true. You don't, you don't know them. But I would caution you against correcting them. That's, yeah. That's, that's, let them figure that out for themselves and you just be a good person. Yeah. You yeah. know, 
may just be me. Don't worry about the the other people. Yeah, it's a lot of emotional labor for a passing commentary. Yeah, it is. The world's complicated and I'm just trying to be a decent human. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you can do. (laughs) And spread positivity. Or just, I don't care about spreading positivity. I'm going to be myself. And if you, you can interpret it however you want. No, see, everybody needs to think that way. Yeah. Everybody needs to. Well, because you can't control how someone interprets what you do. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that you appreciate what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Those are words to live by, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Make sure you appreciate what you do. Yeah. When it comes down to it, your happiness is about yourself. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, it's got to start with you. Mm-hmm. Putting yeah. uh, putting it on somebody else to make you happy um, is an insecure position, yes. meaning people aren't going to care about your happiness as much as they care about their own. So make sure you're a solid foundation for yourself. There we go. Yep. And everyone else's like is extra. Yes. Yeah. Extra points. <laughs> extra. It's it's extra nice. It's icing and not the cake. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're anything like me, you despise touching the gas pump. I mean, think about it. People are running all over town, doing all sorts of things. Maybe they're working on cars and changing tires, or maybe they're changing their kids' diapers, or maybe they're just going around and touching things that everybody else did. And then they're putting their hands on the gas pump. And now you have touched everything that they have touched all throughout the day. Well, guess what? There is something that can help you with this problem, and it's called the Pump Pal. What is a Pump Pal? Well, I'm glad you asked. It is a glove that has a magnet in it so you can stick it inside the door of your gas tank. You can stick your hand right in there, pull the pump, not touch a thing. Keep your hands nice and clean, spick and span. And guess what? It is made from the silicone that you can clean when you get home. And you can keep it sanitized and you don't have to worry about touching all the muck and bringing it home. So get your pump, pal. All you have to do is go to the link in this episode, click on it, get yours today, get one for your friends, get one for your family. Everybody needs this thing. Be safe, be clean, and get your pump, pal. I anticipated that we would have a really good discussion because I do feel like we are we are like-minded on a lot of those things. And I love that you have uh, advice in a very honest and truthful manner. Yeah. I'm somebody who appreciates hearing that. Um, and I, f- I feel that the content that you have is very true to your heart. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that about you. And I implore everyone to go and check it out. Sub daily. Um, you've you're on TikTok. It's, on youtube was it the same name sub daily yeah sub but daily. i'm switching everything over to unfiltered friends okay to focus on the podcast um hopefully i get my my instagram's been suspended for almost two weeks now mm-hmm. so that's that's a hard that's, one to get i don't know what you did but no, nothing there's no. there's nothing the only thing i could think of is Maybe they're trying to get away from drama. So like I was reposting like TikToks me going after somebody. Okay. Um, None within the last like eight months though, or reposting stuff that has copywritten music, but I can't, I can't get an answer. So I'm going to on, on two, I'm going to give it till Tuesday, which is two weeks left before my account is deleted completely. Mm. And uh, I'm going to start raising hell 
okay. start start like warning people because I don't think people understand how hard it is to get in touch with Instagram. I have done yeah. literally everything. I have a list of everything that I did that's like 10 steps long and mm. not one of them yielded a response from anybody. Wow. It's yeah. wild. I've had the same problem with TikTok. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like TikTok doesn't care. If you type sub daily into mm -hmm. the search bar um, and hit on, hit accounts, there's like 40 of me. They're re-uploading my content. They're trying to mm -hmm. scam people out of money and mm -hmm. no amount of reporting will get rid of those accounts. I nope. just, even appealing on appeal, they're like, there's no violation. I was like, they're scamming people using my image and my videos. Yep. What is a violation at this point? <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. It's wild. Thank you so much for being on here. Uh, I want yeah. everybody to go and check out Unfiltered Friends, the podcast. Yeah. Um, I love doing it. Yes. Um, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah. Absolutely. And I appreciated this conversation. And someday we'll chat again. I know I'll see you in March. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yep. That'll be a fun time. Fun yeah. Time. So I can't wait for it. So thanks, Chris. Thank you for having me on. Yes. Fun. And I have, have an amazing weekend. I will. I'm going to go do that now. Okay. Start it now. <laughs> right now. For episode ideas or to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to lesbianspeaking at gmail.com. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash lesbianspeaking. For $3 a month, you get a shout out. And for $5 a month, you get a shout out as well as access to an interactive chat with myself and other listeners. To place an ad on this podcast, please email lesbianspeaking at gmail.com. Lesbian Speaking can also be found on Instagram, so be sure to go and give a follow.